This week we're talking about the philosophy of the one shot and how to actually pull off a one shot in one session. We still haven't managed it, but we think we know how now. Uh, it goes a bit crazy, but stick with us. Welcome to the one year anniversary of We Speak Common. Benjamin? Joseph. Wow, that was dramatic. Thank you. I uh, I thought I'd add a little bit of a twist to it this time. Bit of per- panaz. Bit of bit of suspension. A little bit of foreshadowing. I don't know if it's foreshadowing actually. No, you're just saying it? words now. It's not uh, really apprehension. Making... No. Intrigue. Sure. Um, zeitgeist. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Joe, today uh, this episode is episode fifty-two. Do you know what that means? That means we've been going for a year and one week. <laughs> we missed an episode. <laughs> okay, so this is this episode is the uh, episode that would be bang on a year, but we did have a one week hiatus. So technically, this is a year and a week. Yeah. So technically, last week's episode, you and I have been sitting together talking about Dungeons and Dragons for a year, but this week, this is a year. That's crazy. Isn't it? It's gone pretty quick. It's gone. I, I'm having a like. A meltdown? <laughs> yes, I'm scared at how quickly that year has gone. Because, oh my god. No, it's crazy. How many Exponential Dungeons crisis. and Dragons topics have we done? And we've played a total of four sessions in that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. No, we've, we've done, we've, I, I don't know how many is it. It wouldn't be 52, that's for sure. No, no, but it is in the double figures. Yes, yeah. It's got to be at least one. It's got to be like 30, maybe, or something like that. Oh, God, I, I, that's, I think that's optimistic. I don't know, because we have... I think we'd be surprised we've if we've done quite a few stats. different campaign, campaigns. We've yeah. done one-shots, etc. And we finished the starter set this year. Yeah, that was like five, six episodes. Okay, but this stat sounds sad. So far, the only campaign we have finished this year... It's the start set. <laughs> yeah, but mine and your campaign will just go on forever, basically. Yes. It doesn't really have an end. And then... Uh, I'm a bit sad we haven't started Tomb of Annihilation. I thought we would have know, been underway been by there. now. But we started Dragon Heist because it linked in so well with the star set. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look. So once the Dragon Heist is done, we're we doing Tomb of Annihilation. Is that the plan? <sighs> Dragon Heist's meant to roll into Storm King's Thunder. Um, but then that'll be a different DM, so then you'll be doing then Tomb I'll be free to do, Yeah, then I'll be free to DM, so I will be doing Tomb Annihilation, yes. Um, the, the, my, my issue is that I'm... Like, we could turn around and start playing Tomb Annihilation today, but we'll have that problem of every week we'll be like, right, what campaign are we playing? Mm. And then if you know if one progresses, the other one doesn't. I mean, I, I haven't right. played that many of my sessions. My game's probably had, like, 20 sessions total. I mean, it's not that, that many. Mm. Um, and I'm in a bit of a weird place now where I need to, like... Estroff has only had like five. I need to do like the next session, <laughs> but it's I've got the party split. I've got new characters coming in, yeah. so I need to do quite a bit of prep work to make mm-hmm. that uh, smooth. Yeah. Um, I have this encounter that I really want to do, but it will like really slow things down, like yeah. of introducing the next characters. So I'm like, uh, well, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, if you run a session with just the other guys, that's fine. Like, I could maybe make it work. It could maybe work, but I just don't know if I want to. I want to do that. When you're ready, Joe, you let us know. Okay. Um, and Estroff, all I need is a date for when we're well, playing. Well, I, I just need you to build your character mechanics-wise. Um, 
I need to get James to do the same. Yeah, we need uh, to do that. And then um, we can just fill in the other bits. Although, I think you, you're going to go Hexblade Bard now. It's, it's going to be strong, Ben. I don't know. It's going to be strong. Why would I go Hexblade Bard? Because it's strong, Ben. It's very strong. You want to be a melee-focused character. Mm. I know you want to do that. You want some magic. That. I don't want to be melee-focused. You literally said that's what you wanted. You give me conflicting. I want to have a bit of melee and a bit of magic. Which is what you have. Okay. Maybe. Oh. Ben, okay. Let me just explain this to you, okay, Ben. You, you go Hexblade, all right? <laughs> you go Hexblade. Now, I'm not 100% sure what order you'll take the levels in, but I'll figure it out. But you're going to go Hexblade, Ben. You're going to get a couple levels of that. Do you want to build the character for me? Ben, you're going to get a couple levels of that. You're going to be able to summon and de-summon your sword. That's nice and thematic. That's great, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to use your charisma mm-hmm. to hit things, Yeah. okay? Yeah. You're going to be single attribute dependent. This is very good, okay? <laughs> then you can bump your decks a bit for some AC. You can have medium armor. That's oh. going to help you a bunch, Joe. okay? Joe, ben, ben. Joe, then Joe. you're going to jump into Bard. Okay, ben, ben, at this point, okay, you're going to go College of Swords, all right? You're going to have Blade Flourishes. You're going to have to be able to pump your AC to huge amounts. You're going to be able to use your Bardic Inspiration, which I know you're never going to give to anyone else anyway, <laughs> to enhance your sword attacks, all right? At the same time, you're going to be a full cast of Bard. You're going to have an invocation or two from Hexblade. You could Will I be a full faces. caster, though? Because I'll be multi Well, as a Bard, you will be when you're taking Bard levels. Plus you'll have, um, I can't remember, I think you'll have one um, Warlock spell. I think it'll be it'll probably be at first level, I can't remember, um, which you can use. You'll have an invocation, and then maybe you can dip a bit more into Hexblade if you want. It doesn't matter. You'll have Hexblade's Curse, Ben. You'll have Hex. You'll have all these things that you can use to bump up your damage. Please, don't make me go any further. Okay, well, I will think about it. Um, in the meantime, make it. Just make it. <laughs> in the meantime, let's um, let's let's talk about one shots. I was going to start singing a song that would make it explicit. Let's talk about um, one shots. Yeah, um, we mentioned this uh, last week. We probably mentioned it sometime in the last year. To be oh, fair, presumably, um, Warthog comes to mind. Which if oh, yeah. still needs to happen. Um, I want to talk about the the what what was the word I used off the mic? The um, you said it was something. a really good word. You, you just can't say word. good things when the mic comes on. He's, he, where are I all these work ideas? on the radio. I shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> um, okay, I want to talk about the philosophy of the one shot. Let's go with that. Ooh, because that is it. I think that's what you said. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it might have been because um, basically my experience of one shots is like oh we want to play but we're missing a person so let's do a one shot okay cool what do you want to do oh let's do this cool that sounds good all right next saturday nice then you'll get there you sit around the table there's wacky characters it's a wacky freaking dungeon heck me it's weird and then it's not one shot because it goes on to like three sessions well okay we or had... it goes on to two sessions and it never finishes so we had that the one that was a one shot <laughs> the one one shot we've actually done in one shot was like 11 hours long it was ridiculous in my defence I was exhausted by the end of that it was New Year's Eve we were trying to mark out the new year and I thought we'd have more than two people in the party yeah and then um, yeah we went for 11 hours I was delirious by the end oh man I, th- it was a formative experience for me it was you should all lose your mind playing Dungeons and Dragons for 11 hours. It was incredible. <laughs> it was very good. It was very fun. We've got... I mean, I and can't then, remember anything. And then the other one shot we've done is currently like a five-session campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah, it formed... Because we said we liked it so much that it's... Yeah, and the characters are really fun in that one. They are. Really fun. They are. Um, 
so we we kept them so we've got we've got that quote unquote one shot which from now on has is always referred to as the one shot even though it's a multi-session <laughs> yeah i like that though i like, like should we play the one shot <laughs> yeah all right then um it's just an oxymoron in itself so here we were last week getting ready to play a one shot which I knew going in wasn't going to be a one-shot because I said to the group... Uh, we'll get it done in one session, Ben, I'm sure. No, because I've said to the group, let's let's do it, let's play a one-shot, I'll run White Plume Mountain, and then realise that it takes two or three sessions to complete. Oh. So, I mean, I did offer other one-shots, and people were like, no, I like White Plume Mountain because it's high level, it's level eight, let's do that. And then you said, can we play as a level nine? And I <laughs> That's sad, isn't it, if we say it's high level, it's level eight. That just proves that we've <laughs> never gotten to those high levels. That's not true, though, because we play high level. Our, our, the one-shot I mean, yeah, campaign we, we've is level 20. to those levels. But, I mean, yes, we did. I mean, what's um, the highest campaign we've played? Up to about nine now, level nine, The highest it? campaign I've DM'd is up to level 11, mm. and then it finished. Dude, we could get that with Estroth. Uh, you will. We're at nine now, or I think, yeah. You're at nine, a couple of them are at eight. Yeah. So this is my thing. like I, And it's a term that's thrown around, and it's a term that like I don't even remember learning. I just kind of, like, I, I was born knowing it. Kind of like you're, you're born knowing the words to Wonderwall. I was born knowing what a one-shot was, but I can never get it right. So I want to talk about it, because I feel like... I feel like if you can do it properly then it's it's really good but i feel like if you can't get it bang on right like there's a, there's an art and i would I, say the one shots are harder to create in dm than a campaign uh, now i would agree because the one shot i ran um you know going through the jungle there was a orc you know mishap happening and whatnot we had yeah. a, had a friend my friend dan down for the weekend who we also had on the podcast and we uh I was yeah like, oh, I'll God, like... shout out to that episode from from nearly half a year ago yeah, i know it's crazy that was a great episode go and listen to that and old so I was like, okay, tricks. So okay i've got a friend down and we're gonna uh i'll run a one shot for everyone so you can jump in um and then we can yeah we can go and i had it built into like my campaign it tied into like uh the campaign I was running it was like a side adventure which Question. was kind of fun there's some easter eggs in it do you do that often uh, because I have realised that I do it all the time I like to set everything in the same world yes. just because it's less work for me and then it naturally fleshes out the world more yeah. for the next time I do so it every, so it just becomes easier every time every single game that I play is on the same manifestation of Toriel the world so my Faerun Ex- uh, adventures are set on the same world as my Estroth adventures it's just another part of the globe um, and all of the adventures that I run inside Faerun happen so the characters that you're going to be playing are in the same uh, for, that you have been playing for this one shot will be the same characters that you play for the Dragon Heist campaign oh I didn't realise that mm-hmm. very interesting yeah yeah I like to do that so I think that is a tip is place it all in the same world you know different areas you can still have lots of variety but then the core stuff like how do gods work how does yeah. magic work like you don't have to figure that out every time yeah um, and you know maybe you don't have to for a one shot but I'm I'm a sort of OCD person who likes to get those details in well I always say with a one shot that if you're like when I say to my characters who are going to be playing I say you need to come in with backstory because it's a one off so the more backstory you've got and the more that you can pull on the more fun you're going to have otherwise you're just going to be like an undeveloped character for one session and it's going to feel unfulfilling agreed um but speaking specifically as the dm now do you find rephrase i'm going to change the question (laughs) okay because i think this question needs to be asked first how do you design your one shots 
Okay, Ben. Well, let me give you an example. Okay. Yeah, I thought about this. I Typical like, politician's like, answer. No, no. This is going to work. Okay. This is <laughs> what do you work. have for breakfast? <laughs> I love going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I had this one shot I had to do. I had my mate Dan down. I was like, okay, I want to have a nice, concise adventure. It's going to tie into a few other things. There'll be some Easter eggs for the characters that have played in those other campaigns. And I'm going to have a really cool climax to it. I was think I thought about the end, and then I sort of built backwards from there. Yeah. Because the end tied a lot into the law, and I'm like. For the players who play my other campaigns, if they get to the end of this adventure, they'll find out some cool lore that will actually enhance their game um, in the main campaign, um, and it will just give them so much more sort of um, gritty realism in the world and variety. You know, stuff we've all spoken about in lots of other episodes about world building and whatnot. I was going to use this as a tool to do that to be really cool, and we'll have a really interesting fight and dynamic and stuff. So I had a few little um, sort of big moments I want to happen to I had the intro which was set during a siege um, which was the same siege other characters in the main campaign had gone out from so it was like seeing it from a different perspective that was was a lot of fun had one little campaign as they were one little uh, sorry um, encounter as they were escaping just fighting a news it didn't take too long that went off perfectly but mm-hmm. we went through the jungle didn't we fight a, a gelatinous cube you did yeah yeah and so we went through the jungle met an old character got his arms chopped off stuff happened Stunned. not exactly how I wanted it to go down but it was interesting it was quick that was fine the pace was going strong okay mm-hmm. we get to this ancient sort of um, dilapidated city and temple okay we'll have one little um encounter with some some kobolds and some sorcerers and stuff and then we're going to go main into the main dungeon there'll be like just eight or nine rooms and then we'll get to the climax okay so they fight the kobolds that takes four hours shit it's all gone wrong <laughs> it's all gone wrong so this is i don't know how this happened there was so much and i think the problem was in it normally grids and stuff they speed up the combat because you ain't got to constantly think about it like yeah. you just see where everyone is no no this slowed down the combat no, because we had, they were thinking we okay grids, i'm 25 yeah. feet away so that's this many cubes so i can yeah. get this many people in this yeah. and there was so much positioning and there was a lot of tactics i to play. think the there issue... was so there was a high level high wisdom kobold and a high wisdom cleric that were both trying to like charm each other with wisdom saves mm-hmm. and it was like, i charm you fail no i charm you fail so they just had this charming battle going on it was it was an absolute nightmare and I, now i think the problem there was that our party our group doesn't use grids doesn't have it's it's all theater of the mind usually and i think adding that element then and there when you wanted a speedy game was a bad bad move and so you got into the temple and things were going great but we just ran out of time and i was literally i was like 90 percent of the way through this campaign you just had to go for a few more rooms you would have been at the end i had this awesome and this is why i need to finish this one shot like i can't just let it go i have all the plans i'm not deleting any of the notes <laughs> if we we'd come in and we're just going to play for half an hour to finish it i don't <laughs> even i don't even know where my character <laughs> no, is so i don't I no idea I we just have to make it up again because oh. I, and that was what frustrated me and i think was the somewhat of the failure of that one shot although we still had fun it was great but um Oh yeah, I mean we we all we all enjoy that, ourselves. and that's the hardest part of the one shot is pacing it. Yeah, and I think oh god, we always talk about pacing because it's so important because it just makes things flow, and that's why I feel like like whenever I'm watching or listening to like an actual play D and D. I, so, and I'm really enjoying like Critical Role I go through spurts I'm really enjoying Critical Role and other times I'm kind of like just slogging yeah. my way through it to yeah. get to the next bit Yeah. and I realise it's because whenever I'm slogging my way through it I'm not enjoying the pacing I'm like that with every actual play and it's weird because and it's different for everyone because like if the parties there's no um, 
story beats going ahead there's nothing going on but the pike's just having like a shopping episode and they're buying magic items and stuff mm-hmm. i find that really interesting yeah because i enjoy the magic items and each magic item is like a um, a plot point in and of itself yep that's interesting but when it's stuff's just plodding along and it's methodical i'm not that gripped into this certain beat and i realize it's because the pace is not going at a level that i'm enjoying now maybe it's different for other people because everyone else's kind of gauge is a bit different on that and i think that's the hardest part in a one shot now we were saying before that all almost all, well, all our one shots have been set in a dungeon because and i think that's just the I gem- think the there's been a grand total of well we've done like five different ones this year or something i'm thinking back so through the one shots for our party not our not dm dm specific mm. i've dm'd one outside of a dungeon you've dm'd one outside that was outside of a dungeon and went into the dungeon mm-hmm. um I think the rest have all been because the other ones were like we did Tomb of Horrors as like a one-off and we did mm. we're doing White Plume Mountain as a one-off like and this is what I've been kind of learning is that it's natural to want to set your one shot in a dungeon because it's easy you like you have the map you have the plan you know you just and especially when oftentimes you're trying to figure out a one shot at the last second because you're just trying to organize for a game that's been cancelled yep. yep. so you just pull a pull a dungeon up and it's uh, easy off to, the internet and so you yeah you lay it down and you don't have to do much for it you just read a bit of the blurb for each room it's and you're good to go it's easy to say here's the dungeon you're here for this reason go and get the thing and that's the one shot yeah it's yeah. easy to do character motiva- uh, motivations Motivation. and stuff it's like you just want this thing go get it um, and I think that whilst dungeons are really fun for one shots because they can be high you can make them extra deadly because yeah. the characters don't matter so much and mm-hmm. you can do fun traps and stuff they have a set pace to them you know and that can only really be slowed down by the players and their speed at, at navigating this. You come across a tricky puzzle, they spend like two hours trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and that's fine, well, in, the thing, the thing that's fine find... in a campaign where you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because but... yeah, because you're, you're going to come back to these characters, you're going to come back to this story. The thing I find is, even though it's a one-shot, the characters, our party, always wants to explore every single room and we're a role play heavy group so, so we, we take always, our time and we, doing uh, it. and we always have the characters arguing with each other having these interdynamics that have nothing to do with the campaign but they're just yeah. happening and taking up time yeah or, is... or even or even when they're not like arguing and they're getting on we we take time to express that as well and i think something i've learned from doing this long traveling arc in my main campaign is how the pace can affect the mood of the game and the the combat and everything and deciding okay i've made and what's hard for me is everything i make i want the players to see right yeah. so I, th- I think it's all valuable stuff you know yeah. and um i think you know i can see it's varying degrees of quality but i think it's all worthwhile so it's hard for me to make like six different encounters or different hooks and think okay i really i need to get rid of four of these because we need to move this along here for it to make to flow and things and that's difficult and i'm learning to do that and that's why in that first half of that one shot i was talking about everything went great i had a couple other little side encounters i was going to throw in thinking oh what because you always think have i got enough content for this yeah. have i got enough content yeah. for this session Is the it players are going to blow through hours? it yeah. but then they spend ages on one thing you know but so you always kind of over prepare with the amount of content but even when you don't think you are no but yeah. in an overland adventure it's easy to just okay well, what i'm going to do is i'm just going to pull that out we're not going to focus on that and we'll move it along to this is you know if you have like a, a one shot where okay, i'm trying to chase the dragon so it's mm-hmm. an investigation to find the dragon go to its lair kill it and you think okay oh man this is going quite slow so you just give them easy tips to, to get to find where the dragon is yeah and then you going along and eventually you've got three or four different encounters but okay i'm going to take three of those out and just have one here in the jungle and then we have the dragon fight that's easy enough but when you're doing a dungeon it's like you can't really go okay i'm just going to take that room out 
It's like, well, that doesn't really work. I've got things that connect yeah, elsewhere, I need and that room, and yeah. I have. They need to. They need to get an item from this room to put into here. I guess and... the other result is oh, I just suddenly make that room empty. But it's like, why is there a random empty room in this dungeon? Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. flow as well. So I would say one of the key things you can do is having more of an overland adventure with maybe just a one or two room dungeon at the end, like a yeah. lair or something, is a fun way to go. Um, and you can do a lot of variety, but I think using giving yourself as many sort of pacing tools as you can can allow you to um at so, least at least finish your one shot yeah one of the things i want to say listening to what you've just said is um you said something i just want to touch on um you're you struggle having so many things and not wanting them to not be seen and i was listening to a, a podcast the other day um by the guys who made Welcome to Night Vale, um, Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. It's a, a narrative podcast, and it's now a network, and they've got loads of different podcasts and things. And it's this 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 podcast they do is called Start with This, and it's all about creatives who don't know where to start. And they had, they were talking about this idea of if you're a creative and if you're creating D and D worlds, newsflash, you're a creative. You're you're making things. Um, you've got to get into the the realm of just making stuff and knowing that that stuff might not be seen and that stuff might not be used and it might not go anywhere and I think we've touched on it before you and I because we've said like oh I'll make things and then I think oh I'm not going to use that and I might you know I don't know where that fits but then a year down the line I'm like oh I've got a campaign that could really use that and suddenly you're picking something back up and putting it back in so yeah I mean if you struggle with that I think the the solution is don't throw it away keep it because it will be useful again and that's how i get over the the thing of i want i want them to see this thing but they're not there and, and it doesn't fit and yeah like literally everything i skip over or details and things like that some stuff you can't move like no. it's so linked to a location or tied in that you know you just have to hope that maybe the party will go back there one day yeah like I've, I've got a quest that that's linked in specifically to a festival that happens in a town because of the history there and i'd love i'd love to run that quest but I need the party to go there because it's all linked in with that history that I've built. Exactly. and then But then there's lots of other bits that you just skip out, whether it be just an interesting encounter or stuff like that. And when I skip over those, I literally just move that block of text that I've mm -hmm. made into like a um, random encounters, like OneNote folder, basically, yeah. that I can just dip into and pull out and put them somewhere else. <laughs> there's one that I've skipped over like eight times and constantly moved it to a new location yeah. i'm trying to put it in the party's path but they just divert away from it every single time Mate, if it's meant to be it'll be <laughs> yeah. yeah clearly we don't want to see that no it's just not no not for us. and it's not even like you've got a hint of it and gone nah you've just somehow gone in a different direction <laughs> every time oh dear um so one shot wise i think the overland idea is is great i think the problem with it is that it's i i, I mean this might just be me I struggle coming up with ideas. That's my thing. Like once I've got something and I can roll with it, I'm there. But the actual initial, like my muse and my critic in my brain, they can't they can't work together. Um, so I can't come up with that idea. And um, once I've got it, I'm fine. And I find that yes, dungeons are easier to do. Or even finding a dungeon to, that's that's someone else has come up with and then modifying it to be something for one shot. Like that's so easy for me to do. Uh, but then harder to execute. Whereas I think coming up with the idea if that's harder the actual ex actual execution is going to be easier so if you can come up with a decent little overland adventure that you know can fit into a four-hour session then bloody hell do it <laughs> do you know what i mean 
don't don't think that you need to save that for a campaign because that's a campaign idea. Um, I think the one thing that worries me is, and tell me what you, what you think about this. I come up with an idea and I go, oh, there's no way I could cram all of that into. I could I could cram the info and and do justice that idea in four hours. Mm, I have that a lot. I come up with a lot of ideas for one shots. So I'm like. Um, you know, like since for instance, the warthog idea we had of we originally was a one shot. You know where we were going to. We've egged it on a bit now, though. We have, but it's, it will be good when we eventually make it. We've we've built the expectations. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and we, the idea was just this silly one shot of essentially like kind of like Harry Potter. You bunch of like first level wizards. You all put the full party of wizards. Yeah. In a school, um, and you have to you know just solve. Always, always changing. Always changing. There's dangerous stuff. We have got a fire em- elemental. <laughs> the fire elemental looks after the boiler in the basement, yeah, and yeah. he's. he's crazy they have these weird wizard jewels but it's a metroid like rogue type well here's the thing we instantly went from it being one shot we're like there's too much stuff in here so now it's like whenever you die like it's your sibling whenever you or, die or whenever you come back it's your younger brother or something like that so you inherit the magic items you've got yeah. and the spell scrolls or, the relationships or you've gone up a year yeah so if you die you come back as a first year um relative and if you don't die the next time you play you're like two years up yeah yeah and you've uh you know you get access to more you leveled you get access to better spells and stuff like that and um so (laughs) instantly we've gone oh we love this idea but it's too much and now it's gonna be a campaign yeah exactly so um and it's like how do i how do i how do i take that idea and condense it keep the information keep the the raw goodness trim the fat as it were and make it a a four hour one shot now it could that could be a one shot but we just have to have a really good hook for the party to go and do and it would have to be solvable in like four or five hours it can't be sandbox that's that's the real issue isn't it yeah and um we'd what we kind of want to do is make like a sandbox (laughs) uh, basically school um if you're wondering why it's called warthog it's just because we reversed hogwarts because that's That's the level of dumb that's how dumb this idea is okay well i I was saying that was the inspiration but okay me if you want to go that way it's fine one of us is a realist okay (laughs) (laughs) usually it's me um so yeah i guess i think i i don't think again here i am saying it i don't think we can give you the answer because it's one of those things that's going to take practice and it's again it's going to be your own craft and your own muse if this was like a dvd this. this podcast that would be the quote on the back is we can't give, we you, can't the answer. give you the answer they can't give you the answer but they give you a lot to think about <laughs> that, should, that should be our description <laughs> for the show but I, I, it's just one of those things isn't it like you you get you gain the benefit from hearing other people's wisdom the infinite fucking wisdom is what we call and it. i think a good way to do it is just have a a really good hook just one Basically, the start of the adventure is kill the dragon or whatever, right? And then you have all the stuff and around you, that. Be your a little... party needs to know that they've got to do what they're being asked to do. They can't just. Yeah, fuck well, off that's and... the thing. You have to have the initial buy-in from the players. So that look, this is a one-shot. You know, we're, you're going to be a little bit railroaded here because you know it's a one-shot. It's a one-shot. Yeah. We want to get this thing done. Um, but I think you have that one good hook. But then how they go in and get to that and whatnot can be a little bit nebulous. You don't yeah. have to have it. And you, we talk about having build your world in a sandbox-ish way that you don't have to have a chain of events happen to get to a set conclusion. Like when we talked about plot keys. Yeah. And, you don't want to have, oh, okay, yeah. this has to happen for this to happen, to this to happen, to this to happen, to get to this moment that I need, I'm trying to push. You want that moment to happen in numerous ways that the players can achieve, right? So then you can cut out three or four of these steps if you want to and still have it make sense and still get to the right place, you know? Yeah. Or you can move this key and put it over here so they can get into the dungeon and kill the dragon or whatever. Mm. Um so I think being able to have more loose 
ideas like okay i'm going to have this kind of sort of act or this of encounter i'm going to have this npc that they're going to interact with and there's going to be this puzzle but they can come in any order i can move them around and things will still make sense now you can do that in a dungeon setting but like we said we generally find it's a little bit easier in an overland setting or in a specific environment i really like the idea of um you're in i don't know like a, a uh, a prison or something maybe it's like a volcano prison and all the bad guys are in there so you can Ooh. yeah free roam of this place right sweaty but it's it's confined <laughs> i mean very sweaty it'd be really yeah. hot wouldn't it <laughs> i thought you were gonna like question why i said that then <laughs> no it's very confined space yeah. um oh man i just thought of something as well now because oh, no. one of my um oh, no. one of the cities in my like campaign world because <laughs> uh, i used to want again an- another thing we were talking about earlier about having all your campaigns and stuff in the in same the same universe world, yeah. is I, I used to run it like a um one-on-one game with my brother yeah who's playing a dwarf and he's in this dwarven city to the east which is in like a volcano so they use like all like so magma it, and stuff to it is stuff. sweaty and i just thought like everyone's gonna just be sweating their bollocks off just <laughs> always <laughs> at all times everyone's just gonna be dripping in really there really hot i just didn't think of a yeah i didn't think about that moving swiftly anyway, along yeah creativity strikes at the weirdest time um i just it, it's one of those things as well I, i've got to stop saying that one of those things just, it is one of those one things of those that things. you need to stop saying it, one of those things it is it's one of those things i've just got to stop saying um if your group can blast through a two-hour session in an hour or you know or a four-hour session in two or whatever then you're going to be able to fit more into your your quote-unquote one shot we are very slow so i know that i've got four hours i've got i've actually only got two Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I, I've got to really, really cut it down, and I, it's it's finding your style to be able to deliver the hard-hitting plot or the interesting story or the. Um, do you remember when we were going to do Tomb of Horrors in one session? And then it took three. Yep. Yeah. And it's literally that was before we did anything, even got to the content. Our character spent like forty minutes just talking before we even got in the dungeon. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. Could I've trimmed the fat there? So, the, the part of the fun at the start of Tomb of Horrors is that there's fake entrances. So I knew I wanted you to try and find the. Well, entrance. I think this is a special case because Tomb of Horrors is like it was like an event that we wanted to do so rules like, as written, you yeah. know, and we wanted to. But I was, like, but it. I let you, I let you just run wild and chat to each other when I should have been like, guys, stop talking, find the entrance. <laughs> no, I think in that case, uh, it worked fine, and we weren't on any time pressure because if it ran over, we would just. I do mean, no, I mean, when one. I said, shall we play it? When I when I pitched playing it, I said, you know, if it runs over, it runs. But here's over. an example, like what I should have done in my one shot is I should have when I saw this was running long. I don't like doing this because I feel like it's almost cheating on my part. I should have dropped the HP of all those kobolds and yeah. stuff. I should have had more of them run, like do morale checks or something. Yeah. Just yeah. so we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a cool plot point there. I, I think it was a little bit bitter anyway because I had a bunch of like prisoners that were being sacrificed. I had this one character who was really cool and he just fireballed the shit out of him. Just, he just blew remember. up. He just blew up instantly and I was like, oh, oh no. All that story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do tips then because I feel like we're, joking, we're going around in circles saying like, oh, you've just got to find the way to do it for you. So what... what, <laughs> what <laughs> which is not an answer. Well, thank you for that sage advice. Oh, fantastic. What are your tips to writing a decent one Okay, I would say, uh, generally, if you want to have more control of the pacing and things, I, I find like an, an overland adventure, chase the dragon, get the item from here or whatever, where you can have a little dungeon at the end, but it's maybe only two or three rooms, mm-hmm. um, is just gives me a little bit more variety. If you want to do it in a dungeon, by all means, go ahead. But I think there's just a little bit more to think about. <laughs> yeah. Two, 
build your key elements that you need to make the story come together in a way that they can be malleable and can be moved don't have it has to go from a to b to c have a b c that can be done in any order and once you've got those things you can then go to the finale sort of thing yeah you know um so have it in a, a way you can move stuff around don't have have say okay i've got an encounter where i have a note on one of these guys so they kill everyone and they'll find this note and that will lead them on to the next quest but then oh this, this encounter's going to take ages but i kind of need that note and stuff you know feel free to pull that note somewhere else put that character somewhere else mm-hmm. think about how you can move stuff now in a full campaign you can have stuff more set in stone because players have the opportunity to come back and you have more time to think about it if they miss this stuff now they can go to do something else four or five sessions later this can come back around yeah but in a one shot when you don't have that i think having more um malleable plot points that you can move to your liking is going to help you um have the adventure flow a bit more um I'd also say generally have it slightly more combat focused than you would normally. Really? I think so because um, when you have, for at least depending on your players, but for us, whenever we go for a new um, one shot, whenever it's a one shot and everyone thinks, oh, oh, I'm only playing this character for one session, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the most wacky, crazy, silly build I can do. Mm -hmm. So you might as well, if everyone's goal is to do this this silly stuff, you might as well let them use their abilities. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So if someone goes, okay, I'm going to do this crazy fight um, wizard build that I've never done before, you know, well, like when I go into a one shot, the thing I'm most excited about now is having a go with the, this wizard build and trying it out and doing different stuff, you know. So I'm going to want some combat to do that. Yeah. Now, if your players never do that anyway, they they build, you know, or they're extremely Sensible. passionate about. If they're like players will come to you with like four page backstories for the one shot, then you know maybe have it a bit more roleplay focused. Yeah. So I'd say gauge the interest of your players in the different sort of pillars of the game because they may change in a, in from campaign to one shot when we play campaigns we do give the massive backstories and that is what we care about and combat is not secondary but it's a, a tool to enhance the narrative yes whereas when we play one shots combat is just a tool for us to roll dice basically and have yeah. fun that's yeah. it's kind of a different feeling i agree my tips would be and i would start with that i'd start with know your party know your people know what kind of game they're going to be expecting and what they want to do and make sure that aligns with what you're you're wanting to do and what you're making um same as a player you know make sure you know what what game you're walking into um then i would say my biggest tips are trim the fat self-edit work out what bits you need and what bits you don't need when you've written out a campaign or when you've prepped out your one shot and not a campaign ignore that word when you've written out a one shot and you've prepped out a one shot and you look back at it before you play what in there do you think you actually need so like when i when i'm talk on the radio i'll often go back and listen back because that's the best way i'm going to learn is if i actually if I, if what i'm saying now to you right here right now joe i re- i remember now as i say it when i go home tonight and i go to sleep and i come back and i post the episode or whatever and i actually go and listen to it i'm not going to remember saying these words that might be the chronic fatigue though I mean, it might be, it might be, but, <laughs> but it, equally, I don't remember everything I've said every 45, you know, in the, in this long 45 minute episode. So go back and read what you've written, read what you've prepped and look at it and go, is this really needed? Half the time when I listen to my links on the radio, I'm like, God, I f- 
took ages to say that joke. <laughs> like, didn't need half of that set up. So go back and look at what you actually need and take out what you don't need and keep in the important bits because then you will keep to your time restraints. And I think, look, this is something you don't necessarily have to do before you start the game, but you just want to be cognizant of the fact oh, that you need, oh, God, the, yeah. you need the skill to be able to say mid-game, okay, this, this thing, can go. This can go. Yeah. We don't need that. The most impressive DMs are the ones who can edit on the fly. Um, they are the ones who know what's going on to such a degree that they can make it work by just taking and dropping things in and out. Um, that is a skill and it needs practicing. Think of it as a muscle that you've got to, you know, stretch and, and warm up before you use. Oftentimes sort of um, being a little bit conservative and taking, um, being a bit reductive in what you put into your game um, mm. can often yield more results than just throwing more and more, you know, stuff into the pot. Yeah. I think from a world building and lore perspective, throwing more stuff in is always better. And when a character, a player comes to you, and I was talking about this with Dan actually the other day, because he was saying to me how um, he's just starting to DM a new campaign. Mm. And he's like, oh, first fucking day, you know, guy comes in, he's like, I want to play a Minotaur. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. he's like, I have no Minotaur lore in my world. <laughs> like, And I was saying, well, that's fine. That's just that's just another tool in your toolbox for narrative. Yeah. But when you're talking about encounters and flow and things like that, I think the other way is better. Take stuff out. Be, re- you know, um, re- reduce, the like you say, the fat in there, trim it down. Take and so you rubbish. have this very sort of lean... Um, crisp adventure that the people are gonna well, a lot of like sort of food analogies here you have no. a very steamy cr- like lean crisp have tasty you, adventure have you taken it out back garden and flame throw it at Joe exactly yeah, yeah. sorry we were talking about sous and steak earlier yeah. you know, if you know you know okay and uh, you're on the level okay so um <laughs> 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 what are we doing here, Ben? This is a weird one. Isn't it? Uh, uh, do, we do apologise. Normally, we record one a week. We're, today, we're doing two, so uh, you can see the, how the delirium is beginning it's to come in. in. I've got auditions next week. Okay? <laughs> Leave me out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, any more tips from you, Ben? On uh, I want to give one more shop? tip. I want to give one more tip because I think the uh, the magic is in the power of three. My final tip would be, and I think this can be a controversial one, is that. I don't think if you're playing a campaign you should fudge roles or you should you should uh, overly edit things on the fly when it comes down to um, stat blocks and things in a one shot it's probably going to help so if you need to do it I would say I I don't I feel f- dirty. I, <laughs> I would say I don't fudge rolls, but if I'm no, I if, if like, I get an encounter and I'm like okay, at this point not fudge rolls, but like but like if if a party's really struggling to get through a DC 15, maybe make it a 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, I would say like okay, if I can see this fight has now tipped into the party's favour, yeah. they've done enough damage, they've done enough control, whatever that it's highly unlikely they're going to lose this encounter now mm-hmm. maybe I just have the other guys run away or yeah. maybe at this point I have them surrender or I drop their HP just so we can wrap up this fight the challenge is no longer there at this point I it's mean, a formality you'd be surprised how often in modules character creatures run away because I'm sorry not everybody wants to fight to the death <laughs> so that's pretty normal that they might run away yes this is true um, I mean, and you always have those those clutch moments if a player really wants to kill someone think they, they go to the extra lengths oh, to do it them. yeah i mean look if someone mugs me on the street i'm not going to expect to fight to the death one of galahad's proudest moments is when he held that he held person that escaping bat in the sky that just fell <laughs> it was um, literally he was a crow he was a crow it was, it was so hard to i mean it was literally on the what very edge of my range as well yeah. so it was like 
Um, yeah, uh, shapeshift were raven. That's what it was. I really love that as well, where like a character really wants to get someone there. They're like, okay, I'm gonna use my full movement and my jump, and then I'm gonna misty step yeah. and throw a grappling hook. Yeah. Just like I just need to get there, and then I'm gonna throw a dagger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, wow, a year. A year, Ben. A full blooming year, and it's uh, and it's an explicit episode too because we've lost the blooming plot. Uh, I like how you're still self-editing now, even though I know. we're long gone. You I know, know, we are long gone. Um, thank you for sticking with us for the past 52 weeks. And if you are just joining us, uh, please, please stick around. And if you want to listen to the last year, I mean, it's here for you. Um, Joe, I mean, let's 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 see what happens we might mm. come back we might see Ben trimmed the fat on his speech there like you can do in your campaigns he, he was gonna say shit or fuck but he, he, he reduced it to a blooming he thought do I need this is this gonna increase the flow of the game you know what I mean and he thought no it's not so I've, I've taken that out so there's an example right there all every the thing is every time we swear I just remember that one message I got on Reddit that was like can you tell me if this is suitable for young children because all D&D podcasts are explicit and I was, and I was like I'm sorry it's to be not. fair most of us aren't most, no, of, most them. of them aren't but sometimes we get a bit leery we're at the end of the episode now and um, we've lost all, all manner of, of th- form in this episode so I just want to tell you that uh, we did get a message on Twitter the other day asking if we would do it just drop my cup if we do a uh, an actual play i saw that yeah and i said well we've we've thought about it but we're not sure i mean if enough people want it maybe but right now it's just in the idea book so let us know if you want us to do something like that um it would be i mean i kind of want to do one just to see what kind of a mess it would be <laughs> yeah and the technical setup and yeah, things would like, be a little bit tricky but but i mean if if it was requested then it'd be fun to do like one just one episode of like our estroff game because we talk, just so people because we talk insight, about these yeah. characters these same characters all the time we talk about all of our characters so any of the games it'd be interesting it would um and to actually put like the character voices on and things and just so people have an idea of yeah what we're actually envisioning yeah when we talk about it so if you want to let us know if you want to do that you can find us on twitter at we speak common uh, we are also available via the electronic mail system whoa yeah i know the future is now um and we have got a hot new domain that i don't think anybody else has it's we speak common at hotmail.com whoa i know hotmail's still going so um gmail was taken uh drop us an email because i'm sick of turning away princes <laughs> honestly the last two weeks all i've got is emails that's like hi beloved email me back immediately and i'm like no i had someone ask me uh tell us that our website was amazing but it needs work and i was like well, we don't have one <laughs> so thank you <laughs> well we're doing well anyway yeah you know. so um yeah get in contact with us because we love hearing from you on twitter uh, we are on reddit you'll see me flowing around and also on um on the email shout out to the one reddit person who said they are from norfolk and they oh. recognized our voices crazy I don't we know must who have you are. said something about tractors or yar yar no, no way that's cornwall do you know what that means do you know what that means though that means we're just going on now we just thought we're off and um, that means that there is someone in our area that's not us that plays dungeons and dragons we need to find this person yeah we need some sort of like covert you know Wear a red hat on this day if you like the just, just approach people and say, uh, say that the D twenty is rolled into a one, and if mm. they go, uh, that's a natural miss, then they play D and D. Makes sense. There you go. Or they just think you're a psychopath. Probably. Or I love how you say psychopath. Mm. <laughs> or we get, um, we basically get back signal, but it's just a big D twenty in the air.
Nice. We don't have the funds for that. No. No. One day. Just just message us on Twitter. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast, do us a favour. Leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at WeSpeakCommon or through the email WeSpeakCommon at Hotmail.com. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. Free Music Archive.